this episode of The Focus Coach, I talk about trust in a team context. I talk about how to define it in an alternate definition, a practice on how to engender it more in your team, and explore the outcomes of trust. I also share this through the lens of a couple case studies from my work as a business coach. So stick around and let's get started. Welcome to the Focus Coach, episode 39. I'm your host, Jeff Sari. And in this one, I want to talk about trust, that holy grail that every team should strive for. Trust is an elusive concept, vague, and yet it's so essential, the most maybe essential ingredient for the soup that is the team, that's the high-performing team. And so as leaders, as mid-level managers, as boots-on-the-ground workers, we need to figure out this trust issue. We need to figure out this trust equation so that we can turn it up and make it stronger. Usually trust is defined as, you know, being reliable, being able to be honest, uh, you know, showing up on time, integrity, you know, walking the talk sort of thing. And that's great. Those all fit. For sure, we want to be able to trust our teammates in those ways. And yet there's another definition that Patrick Lencioni of the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, talks about trust as vulnerability. If we can show our weaknesses to each other, if we can show our skill deficiencies or our mistakes, you know, show our inadequacies, our insecurities, then we don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend that they're not there. And when we pretend we put on a mask and we politic, we skirt around things or we don't address things because we're afraid to be exposed. And if we're afraid to be exposed because we can't trust that we can show our vulnerabilities or our weaknesses, then we're missing precious time, energy, and money for sure because we limp along. You still might have a successful business, but it's not as successful as it could be, or it might not feel successful as a team. There's a lot of toxic companies out there that are financially uh, successful, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you also want to be successful in your team and feel that connection, feel the love, I say, in business, then we have to work on trust over and over again. As a coach, I like to facilitate and engender a trusting and safe place, a confidential space, where people can come in and show me their true selves. And sometimes that's joy and elation and excitement and celebration. And sometimes that's, you know, middle of the road, ho-hum, just going through the motions. And sometimes it's cranked up, pissed off, frustrated, angry, overwhelmed, I had one client recently come in and for 10 minutes literally was yelling about something that happened at work. And luckily my neighbors were gone at my office and, uh, you know, allowed him to just vent. And after that, he's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, I got you, man. You know, you need a space to show yourself, to show your true self, because in organizations, sometimes we can't, we can't tell our truth. We can't show that we uh, feel inadequate sometimes in our jobs because we've got to be perfect, you know, or, or we're self-critical 
beat ourselves up and we think we should be better than we are or whatever the motivation is, there's lack of trust. And so we need to build a trusting space. And like I said, as a coach, I try to do that with my clients one-on-one, but also as a team. Yesterday, I had the great fortune of working with a manufacturing team and the CEO was there, happened to kind of walk in on our session. And at first he was off to the side and just listening. And so, you know, the team and I were talking about trust. What is it? We were defining it. And then we talked about this other definition of being vulnerable with your weakness. And everybody has weaknesses. Sometimes you know what your weakness is, but sometimes it's a blind spot. Others need to show it to you. And so I went around and asked these 10 guys, take a deep breath and take a self-inventory, a self-assessment of one of your major weaknesses. And then I went around the horn. And again, it's got to be a safe place. And I've been working with them over time to build a safe, trusting space. So what I wanted them to do, though, is articulate their weakness out into the group so that everybody could hear it. They could be authentic in that way and show their true self. And that led to amazing sharing, you know, and the CEO was over there listening and I could tell he was really into the conversation. And as the guy shared, you know, things like I struggle with technology. I struggle with asking for help because I don't want to overburden the team. I struggle with just doing things and and not giving people training opportunities because I just want to get it done. And I think I can do it better. You know, these gems started to pop out in the space and it was awesome. And then the CEO was over there and I kind of reeled him in. I said, hey, man, do you want to share? What's one of your weaknesses? And he let out an awesome gem to the group. And it was just so cool because it was so spontaneous and not contrived. And here you have guys running machines and the CEO of a big company together talking about weaknesses. And the CEO shared that sometimes he can over assess someone's abilities and leave them in the wrong seat for too long. So he might have the right person, but they're in the wrong seat and he leaves them in there too long, thinking that he can make them successful. But sometimes you just need to move someone to a different seat or move them out of the organization. And so sometimes he says he goes through this like one year process on having people in the wrong seat. So just him sharing that was really awesome for the other guys to hear. And so when the CEO left, after he had shared, I asked the guys, you know, what was that like for you? And they were like, that's really, really cool that, you know, as a CEO, you don't have to be polished. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to be the one that has the keys to the dream, the keys to the universe. Like you're a human being as well. And to share that vulnerability and authenticity with each other uh, is a sacred thing. Then we asked about outcomes, right? So we had this really great sharing. We said, you know, well, well, what are the outcomes of a trusting team? So, you know, now that we know each other's weaknesses and, you know, like I said, most of them knew that was kind of up for the, the other person, but some of the things were novel, you know, like the guy who said, I struggle with asking for help. They were like, wow, you know, here he is uh, suffering in some ways, and we would gladly help him. And so the guy who's not asking for help has this assumption that he's going to bother his teammates. And that led into, well, yeah, I mean, if you're bothering the teammate, 
they can just tell you, listen, I can't help you right now, but we'll help you in two hours or tomorrow. And so you get it out of your body. You share your weakness. You you challenge this spot in you that uh, gets turned down because it's not a safe place or you don't perceive it to be a safe place. So as we shared this stuff, we thought, well, what are the outcomes when we have a trusting space and we can really understand each other's weaknesses? What's the outcome of that? And that led into a great conversation about, well, we can support each other. You know, again, if we don't know, then we can't do much about it. But if I know, for instance, you need to ask for help sometimes, I want you to ask for help. Please ask for help. And just really articulating that it is a safe place. And I may not be able to meet your needs now, but I won't push you off too long. And other outcomes are, like we said, connection, people feeling good about the team, feeling good being on a team. And like I said, there's a lot of toxic environments out there that are financially successful. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the outcome of trust is feeling the love. And these guys on this manufacturing team feel the love more often than not because they work on these things and I work with them to turn the dial on it and turn trust up. Other outcomes are efficiencies. When you're not pandering and politicking and hiding yourself, you can bring challenges up and say, hey, we've got a big workload coming up. Let's collaborate on this thing. How can we, if I'm the manager, I don't need to do this alone. And that could be another weakness is thinking you've got to do it alone. And so bringing it out to your team or a subset of the team and saying, hey, help me out. How can we fix this workload, this capacity next week? And having people's collective wisdom bear on the problem or the issue. So that's another outcome is just the collaborative spirit, the connection and efficiencies, right? They're saying over time in our work, they become way more efficient because they do bring up issues. They do talk about things that are not working well or ideas you know, as you're working, like, why are we doing it like this? Why don't we do it like this? And having it be a safe place where you can bring up an idea and, and not be shut down. And quite frankly, that's another reason why we don't trust is we have tried sometimes, maybe in other jobs, in your current job, to bring stuff up. And maybe it's poo-pooed. Maybe it's actively uh, shut down. Or maybe it goes off into the void, the, the blackness, the black hole, I call it, and never to return back to you, you know, so you put something out there to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll think about that. And you don't hear anything about it ever. And so that's another reason why we wouldn't, you know, uh, build trust and that turns the trust dial down. So go read that book, uh, Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He talks about uh, the absence of trust leads to the fear of conflict and lack of commitment and these kind of things. And that's the antithesis of what we want, right? We want an engaged community. We want people on fire for their jobs. You know, we want to hit those outcomes and hit our goals and dream big. Efficient, trusting teams can achieve more because they're working together and not working separately or against each other. And so read that book. Consider if you're in a leadership position, consider getting coached. You have blind spots. In fact, I sat with a team yesterday, you know, thinking about me possibly working in this business. 
and the leader seems to have some blind spots. That might be my work is to help the leader understand from other people's perspective how he is rubbing them the wrong way or impacting them negatively, thus turning the trust dial down. And by the way, John Yokoyama of Pike Place Fish Market, who also talks about trust and coaching, check that book out, When Fish Fly, talks about the fish stinking from the head. He was a command and control jerk boss until he saw the light and turned his eyes inside and started to reflect on his behavior. And he got a coach and he realized that his business was not successful culturally or financially at the time. And he took a risk and got some coaching and realized that he was the problem. So he started to turn his mindset and behaviors around to become more of a coach and engender a coaching culture. And now his business is amazing 30 years later. And he's an exemplar in the industry for an engaged culture. So read that book as well. Consider coaching. Bring trust to the team. You know, that's what I've been doing recently is just having them define trust. Kind of like I talked about with the manufacturing team. Have them define it. Have them look at their own efficiencies, weaknesses, challenges, triggers. And make a safe place for them to communicate that together. And then see what we can do to help those folks, you know, help each other out. And then ponder what are the outcomes of a trusting space? What can we do together if we build trust? And there are so many ways to build trust. I'm just giving you a couple ways or one particular activity that I did. But another one is research how to build trust. So many ways, like I just said, to turn this thing up. And so if we all agree that trust is paramount, it's the most essential ingredient, then we need to be diligent every day at building trust. So that's it in a nutshell. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And as always, peace. Thanks so much for tuning into The Focus Coach. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Click subscribe, comment on the post, and share it as well. Also, go to www.workplaceculturesolutions.com tools to get your free downloads and worksheets. And as always, peace.